Welcome to the Fish House Nation podcast presented by Catch Cover, your home for ice fishing news, tips, stories, and strategies. And now, your host, Chris Larson. Welcome to the Fish House Nation podcast. We're at the St. Paul Ice Show and we're visiting with Troy, Mr. Bluegill Peterson. Troy, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me again. Yeah, man. Love to have you in our little house here talking fishing. And you're Mr. Bluegill, but today we're going to be talking walleye. And that was really kind of one of your first loves, the walleye. Tell us about that. Yeah. So, I mean, growing up on Lake Winnebago, which is you know, kind of the lake or the Mille Lacs Lake of Minnesota, Winnebago's, you know, a walleye factory. And grandma and grandpa and uncles and all my cousins, you know, we'd get done uh, with school or get done with work and we'd head out to the lake and go catch walleyes. Um, boy, if we would have had the stuff that we had, you know, 30 years ago, I don't think there'd be any walleyes left in that lake. <laughs> you know, we, we did our damage, you know, without any electronics and good gear, but, uh, you know, now that we have it, um, it, it really makes fishing a lot easier. Um, but uh, some of the things I like to do is go back to the roots, you know, just keep it simple, um, basic stuff. And uh, I think uh, this this episode here is going to open the eyes, I think, for some of the guys. Yeah, tell me about how you were catching them when you were a kid. How were you guys fishing Lake Winnebago in those days? You know, we didn't have electronics. We didn't have all the fancy custom-painted stuff like we had today. We had basic, you know, Rapala, Countdowns, casting. Um, if we were out on the ice, you know, we were fishing slip bobbers with, uh, with minnows, live bait stuff. Um, and uh, I still, to this day, you know, go out with a, a dowel, a wooden dowel with 25 feet of line tied to it and, uh, you know, the big Swedish pimples. Um, and that's it. I mean, no live bait nothing and uh that's you know that's what we grew up fishing we used to catch fish all the time the old timers that's still how they just outfish us every day and you know we've got every gizmo gadget and 200 dollars rod and reel combos and here they're out fishing us with you know wooden doll from fleet farm for you know 59 cents so <laughs> it just goes to show it's you know it's how you fish versus what you have to fish with yeah and hunting we call that woodsmanship i don't know what you call it yeah <laughs> i think uh, for us it's called getting our butts kicked <laughs> <laughs> today we wanted to talk about you you brought it up that you were uh, you, you use minnows back in the day but today we're talking fishing walleyes through the ice without live bait what's kind of your favorite go-to method for that so kind of going back to you know to the, the whole roots thing um you know so many baits have been developed over the years to i think more so catch the fishermen and not the fish and uh once you learn how to um fish a bait you know i go and spend a lot of time in swimming pools um or even my in my big aquariums and watching to see how baits you know move um if you give them short snaps or you know real high you know pulls and letting them fall back down um you know just different jigging techniques watching and learning how these baits move and how the fish react to that movement um makes you a better angler um now with uh, with walleyes it's hard because those fish are so unattracted to cameras you drop a camera down um you're you just pretty much sealed the deal as far as not catching any walleyes because they just don't come up by the camera but over on our system we get a lot of a white bass and crappies too that guys fish for and the white bass aren't you know so much intrigued by the cameras it doesn't seem to bother them as much um 
But when you can watch your bait and a fish at the same time and how those fish react to how you're moving the bait, you can start to put the puzzle pieces together in your head and be like, okay, if I'm snapping it real, real lightly, um, these fish are coming up to it, but then they back away. Um, so if I'm snapping it or just jigging real lightly and raising it up at the same time, making them chase it, ooh, now I'm getting their attention. And you can kind of almost anticipate the bite um, by watching both. So you're using crappies, white bass as kind of a practice dummies for <laughs> for when you go walleye fishing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and what will happen is, you know, the, at least in our system, but you know what, I've learned how to fish on our system just because that's where I grew up, and I've taken those same tactics to Lake of the Woods, to Devil's Lake, to South Dakota, um, you know, Montana, any place the walleye swims, I've gone and fished through them pretty much through the ice, and uh, we're using the same techniques. And what's funny is I can tell you a short story. We went up to Canada with uh, Mike Olson from Fish Addicts and, and went up to um, Flag Island and get up into the northwest angle. And, you know, all their guides in there are making sure that everybody's got minnow heads and this and that. I'm, like, I'm good. I'm just going to go out and fish my way. And, um, you know, by the end of the day, you know, they're coming to me saying, what are you doing? We cannot catch fish, and you've got a pile of them on the ice. And, uh, you know, just using bare spoons and knowing how walleyes react and what they're looking for, um, it the same techniques works everywhere. You know, walleye's a walleye. Mm -hmm. Just like, uh, you know, a whitetail's a whitetail. Uh, when you figure out patterns and figure out where these these big fish go or, you know, big deer go, um, it doesn't matter where you are. They're pretty much all the same. When you're getting out of the out on the water, you've kind of got your spot picked out. You're going to go out there, you're going to drill a hole. What's the first thing you're dropping down the hole? First thing I'm going to drop down the hole is probably a Swedish pimple. Um, depending on the size of the fish that we know we're targeting, you know, if obviously we're on Lake Erie or if we're on Lake of the Woods and we know there's big fish, I'll, you know, I'm going to use something a little bit bigger. Um, and depending on the size of the bait that they're used to eating, you know, that's kind of going to determine what I'm going to be using too. Um, anywhere from a number three to a number five Swedish pimple. Um, typically, I'm going to have three colors, hammered gold, hammered copper, hammered uh, silver. Those three colors are on pretty much every one of my rods. Um, and from there, you know, I might add a couple pieces of plastic or something like that um, just for those little amino acids and a little bit of flavor, um, something that's not going to fall off real easy like a minnow head. Um, but, uh, you know, in there, not only that too, but if those fish are super finicky, that those plastics with the little tails will just kind of sit there and vibrate just enough to kind of replicate a bug or something that they might be eating on. And, uh, but that, that's going to be it. What's your favorite plastic to tip with? Um, you know, I'm a big fan of those 13 fishing um, coconut crabs. Um, they've got a real wide uh, body and then a nice finesse tail on it. And what, what's nice about that is on a treble hook, you can double hook that wide body um, and kind of position it however you want it to lay. If you want it vertical or 45 or perfectly horizontal, um, you know, that bigger body with the nice finesse tail allows you to kind of work with that. All right, so you drop the Swedish pimple down there. You don't get the results you're after where are we going next so a lot of times what guys will do is they'll fish the fish that they see and not fish the fish they don't see and that is probably the biggest mistake a lot of guys make is you can get into an area and let's say we're on a you know on, on a nice rock reef with a with a good drop off that kind of drops off into the basin um most guys are going to go drop a bait down and they're going to hit the bottom and they're going to work the fish on the bottom um 
sometimes that works you know lake of the woods or you know northern minnesota lakes you know the fish relate to structure and are usually cruising around on the bottom um other times the fish that are on the bottom are kind of like us humans and fish i relate to a lot of times when we're full and we don't want to eat and we just kind of want to relax what do we do we go lay down on the couch and we sit there and watch tv and you know just kind of relax when we get hungry or thirsty you know we get up and we'll go to the fridge start you know scavenging around looking for something fish are no different you know when the when they're done and they're they're full they're gonna lay down on the bottom just kind of relax as they start to feed and get hungry they come up off the bottom start suspending looking for food um, and they'll sometimes be right underneath the ice sometimes they're in the middle of the water column but so many people take their baits and keep their baits down on the bottom where they're seeing fish um, and sometimes they, those fish will bite sometimes they won't um, but what they're not doing is those fish that are up eating um, you got to remember your transducer cone is only seeing a small amount of water um, higher up in the water column versus you know down near the bottom so what I tell my clients and even when I'm out searching um, I'm just gonna use a 20-foot reference if we're in 20 feet of water my bait typically won't go below 12 feet um, especially if the water's fairly clear um, those fish you gotta remember where eyes are in walleyes walleyes eyes are up on top of their head they can see up very well but they can't see down so if we got baits that are up you know kind of attracting them up halfway through the water column um, if the fish that are hungry down on the bottom see that they're gonna come up and look at it uh, but the fish that are already up there are you're putting the baits in front of their faces um, you know that may be off to the side 10 20 feet and you're just not seeing them but they're seeing you uh, and those are the fish that come in and typically don't hesitate you know they'll come in you'll see a mark and boom it's on your line um, or other times you'll be you know working a bait um, and they'll come in they'll get excited and you start raising it and making them chase it and uh, I've had walleye swim damn near right up to the bottom of my hole and eat a bait in 20 feet of water and then turn right back around and go down so uh, work those fish that are up high in the water column you might not see them but they're there mm -hmm. is there is there another lure that you go to once you've kind of run your program and things are happening what's the next step yep so and you know if the if the fish are kind of uh not aggressive and they're not chasing those spoons um and they want more of a, a minnow style bait you know then we'll go to like a, a jig and wrap style bait or maybe um you know a vibrating style bait like a shad wrap or something like that something that's going to call in fish um or you know like a jig and wrap um you know you get a little bit smaller profile a different profile now you're using a horizontal bait versus a vert vertical bait and you know, there again you can tip it with some plastic or whatnot but it seems to me that uh, when those fish do get finicky um you know they'll typically go lay down on the bottom and you can take those minnow baits and swim them you know by just small lifts and you can make them swim and then as they come out of a hole and kind of fall back down to the center um, it's kind of like trolling in open water you know you're making those fish kind of chase you a little bit um, and you know a lot of times too if they are finicky when they're down on the bottom you got to drop your baits down there wiggle them in the mud a little bit um, kind of get those those walleyes excited yeah and I think when people think about those type of lures, I think they're thinking those are kind of basically like fish calls. So are you dead sticking in conjunction with that, with another with another rod while you're working that one? You know, I very seldom um, 
have any live bait with me at all for for dead sticking i will have a couple rods laid out almost like you know we're out on the deck of a boat um that if i'm throwing something down i get a fish that's just hot on me but just doesn't commit um that's when i'll reel up a spoon or reel up the jig you know the minnow style bait and drop just the opposite down um, and then when the days are like really finicky, um, then what I'll typically do is go to like a rocker minnow style, you know, like a jig or even some bigger tungstens and just load them up with a bunch of, of wax worms or spikes and uh, drop it down, just kind of jingle it in front of their nose. And um, sometimes that's all, all they need is just a little coaxing. You work with a lot of clients, and I'm assuming most of them are probably novice anglers. And when you... What you're describing before is a lot of those fish aren't on the flasher. You don't see them on your screen. How do you kind of break down and realize that maybe this isn't the right spot, even though you're fishing fish that you're not seeing? So when we go to, when we go out and fish, um, we don't camp on a spot for more than you know typically 15 to 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, I'll get my clients set up. Um, and then jump on my snowmobile and I usually spend two to three minutes in a hole and then uh, we'll spend 15 20 minutes in an area and uh, it, it can be sometimes a matter of you know five ten maybe 20 feet of a difference off of a break line is, is can make all the difference in the world from even seeing fish not even catching them but just seeing them mm-hmm. um, and you know you just got to hop around. You got to move around. Being mobile is so you know so much of what today is with anglers is you know portability and being mobile and versatile and uh, you know you gotta you gotta work at it if you want to catch them. What are you using for rod and reel setup? I do. I fish a little bit different than a lot of guys. I like uh, longer rod and reels uh, because I want to be able to work a fish a long ways up in the water column. Um, so I'm usually sitting outside or you know inside a house. Um, and with uh, you know a 32 or a 34 inch rod, I can get my baits up quite high um, by lifting my my arm up when they do start to chase. And not only that, but uh, I can also drop my rod back down. So I cover a lot more water column, you know, fluently without having to open a bale or um, you know using the free falls. I love using the free falls because it's a lot smoother of a of a drop and a, and and raising it back up just by you know using your fingertip. Um, when those fish are, you know, start doing those chases, um, if you can keep that bait fluent and making those fish chase it naturally versus opening up a bale and moving your rod tip all, all the way around and that bait's down there doing all kinds of crazy things, um, a lot of times that'll spook those, those weary fish. So um, longer rods. Um, I use a braid pretty much for everything. Now, if we're fishing, you know, deep water, um, I'm using uh, like a, a 10 pound. Uh, I, I use all the Seaguar Smackdown stuff. Super, super thin um, braided line. Go to a, a number one Spro barrel swivel, and then usually like a four or six pound fluorocarbon leader, um, and then a quick change snap down at the bottom. Just for being able to quick, you know, a lot of times too when you're fishing uh, jigging wraps, those tails get busted off by the fish and you got a quick change one off so um, rather than sitting there and retie you can just quickly put a new one on um, and then usually like a medium action rod in the deeper water because you want to be able to 
to get that good hook set. When we're fishing shallower water, um, using same length rod, you know, typically about a 34 or so, um, but a lighter action rod, and then I'll pretty much just go a straight fluorocarbon. Because one thing that you don't want to do is when you're fishing shallow water, you know, six, eight feet, is set the hook with something that has no stretch and rip the baits right out of the fish's mouth. Right. How long a leader are you using? Uh, typically whatever the length of the rod is, so about a three-foot leader. Three-foot leader. Is there anything we didn't talk about that you think is important? Um, you know, the biggest key that I try and stress to guys is don't fish the fish that you see, fish the fish you don't see. Um, those are the ones that are, you know, up in the water column feeding, and so many guys miss them um versus you know fishing those fish on the bottom you can always drop a bait down when you see fish on the bottom but you can't raise a bait up if you don't see what's swimming right next to you um so just kind of keep you know that's probably the most important tip that i can offer to guys is um try and fish those areas that uh, you're not seeing the fish and i think you'll be surprised awesome troy i really appreciate you coming on Thanks, Thanks buddy. for doing the show, and again, good luck this year out on the ice. Oh, and I can't wait. If people want to find out more about you, how do they find you? Um, check out the Facebook. Uh, just type in Mr. Bluegill. I'm pretty much uh, everywhere on there. Otherwise, you can visit the website at mrbluegill.com, and all my contact info is there as well. Awesome. Thanks, Troy. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to the Fish House Nation podcast presented by Catch Cover. For more ice fishing content, visit our blog at catchcover.com.